Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Registered Big Picks. I am so glad you all have, you know what I'm saying, just joined in to hear me out. And if you know college football, hey, you're going to feel right at home. If you don't, just stay patient with me, man. I got enough information where you're going to want to hear something uh, out of this little 30-minute segment that I give. Um, just want to let you guys know I'm an inspiring analyst who is calling one game at a time. You guys are going to always hear that at the beginning of my show. And I just want to just jump right into the show. You know what I'm saying? Why waste time? We have a big load of games this week. And I'd actually like to start with um, Florida versus Texas A&M. Florida right now is ranked fourth in the nation. We have Texas A&M, who's ranked 21st in the nation. Um, right now... This season, you easily see Dan Mullen is in discussion for a couple of things. And the number one thing I think he's in discussion for that actually matters is that he's actually the only coach right now I can see that can upright really beat Nick Saban. Uh, go toe-to-toe with Nick Saban. If you watch Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators, you'll see that their offense is no joke. The defense has a lot of potential. They're susceptible at times, but you see whatever they have going on defense can be fixed, whatever it is. You can just watch it and see. And Georgia's also in a good position to win the SEC East. So they're definitely somebody to, excuse me, Florida is in a great position to win the SEC East. Um, Their only competition right now I can see is, yes, Tennessee, I said it, and Georgia. Um, Georgia's like the hands pick. Everyone's going to raise their hand on Georgia. Uh, But when I look at Florida, I see a Kyle Trask who last year who came in as pickup duty and still threw for 25 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. And you always knew Felipe Franks was kind of not the answer for Florida at that time. So when Kyle Trask excuse me, got in and really just balled out, you knew that it was his position to keep in that he would only get better. And right now with 10 touchdowns and only one interception, he is showing that he's only going to get better this season and as his career as a quarterback. Um, Another thing to keep watching on is the rushing attack of Florida. They have Damon Pierce and Malik Davis. This rushing attack looks really good. These backs, they're quality backs. And we're not used to seeing Florida with uh, really two productive backs. We're used to seeing one really dominating the game, really making a name for himself. This year is a year where I would look out and you never know. You can see Florida with two really good quality backs. Um, another thing I see is that Jimbo's looking like a bust. You know what I'm saying? If you're a Texas A&M fan, you should be kind of uh, edgy, very much edgy, um, especially being where I'm coming from. I've watched where Kevin Sumlin was only there for so long, and the whole time he was there, he was put through so much torment. And I'm talking about the mental torment of it's always something that he's not meeting. One thing about Kevin Sumlin that I've noticed Kevin Sumlin was getting the best quarterbacks. He was recruiting. He was getting them in. As far as production goes, he may not have been more hands-on as he should have been or hired how he should have hired in order to have this production show. But since Jumbo's been there, you can't blame Kevin Sumlin. You can't even blame Kellen Mond. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The recruitment is bad. And then if if we're going to talk about it, Kellen Mond, really good quarterback. A lot of potential, and I feel like he would be successful in a lot of people's offense. I'm not going to say everyone's, but very much in a lot of people's offense. So if I'm Jimbo Fisher, why would you not change the system? 
You have a dual threat quarterback who you're trying to make into a pro style, and it's really hurting you, and it's showing in your winning loss column. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, at least change quarterbacks and help the quarterback you got right now. He could at least make a decision to transfer while he still has the time. But clearly, my pick for this game is University of Florida, hands down. Um, I'm, I got them covering at least by like 17 points. Uh, it, it can get ugly, and I, I don't know if everyone else sees what I see, but uh, Florida looks extremely dangerous, and I think the more, uh, the less Corona and the more games, the better Florida will look. Um, the next game I'm going to talk about is LSU versus Missouri. I'm not going to touch too long on this. I just want to talk to you LSU fans and say, hey, calm down. Be patient. This season is not over, but don't expect too much out of this season. Look forward to next season. You guys have a quarterback who's getting reps in Miles Brennan, who actually looks kind of impressive. You guys also have to account for the, this offensive line. They took a big hit in the offseason. They lost some players to the NFL. So they're not the only ones just changing their ways of thinking. You know what I'm saying? It's it's schemes that they were used to that they now have to learn under a LSU scheme that's very similar to last year, but it's not their talent-wise. And another thing, talent-wise, Derek Stingley is that guy for you guys, and you guys know that. And a lot of people are not going to try his side, but it's the other DBs that need help. Those are the guys that you guys got to kind of want to get better. The Flots, you know what I'm saying? Um, the Joneses. Those are the guys you guys need to step up. Uh, Eli Riggs, he looks very promising. Uh, really good-looking freshman. Uh, very much potential. I'm not going to say he's has the potential of Stingley, but he's right there. And there's other studs on LSU's defense that you guys got to watch out for um, that could make some big noise, at least by the end of the season. And that's uh, Gay, the uh, defensive end, uh, number 11 for LSU. And Cox, number 19, uh, he's making big plays. And, you know, of course you have your Stevens wearing seven. You're supposed to hold down the seven name if you're an LSU player. So, I mean, just LSU fans, just be patient. I'm telling you right now, and not, a lot's not going to happen. It, it might get a little worse than it gets better, but next year you have a lot to look forward to offensive and defensive-wise. Guys are young this year. Everybody goes through it. Alabama went through it last year. Um, as far as Missouri, I can't talk a lot about Missouri, but I can tell you, hey, Nick Bolton, you are a beast. <laughs> if I can't talk about anybody from Missouri, Nick Bolton, you are ready. Um, but clearly my pick for that is LSU. Um, we have Texas A&M and University of Oklahoma. Sam Ellinger, this week is your week. You have to be a closer. If you do not close out this game, this is the team that will definitely come back on you just as sure as anybody else. Uh, the defense of Texas has got to attack. There's no attacking these guys. TCU ran through them with the RPO action. They spread them out, and oh, Texas had nothing. They, they had their hands up, and they were looking confused. This is not the week. It's the biggest rivalry Texas is going to have all season against Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler is ready, and that's the thing. That's why Texas needed to fear, but at the same time, just because Spencer Rattler is ready, we see that the whole team might not be ready. The defense still has not been ready. And we've been hyping up Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch, what a good hire defense coordinator. We have not seen that great hire. We've seen him even change schemes to the point where it's not working. So is it to the point where we need to look at Alex Grinch? Or do we need to look at Lincoln Riley for something to change in Oklahoma? Because it's the same old routine. 
Um, the next game, oh, excuse me, I didn't make my pick for that game. Uh, easily Texas uh, right now, but you know this is a rivalry game, so I could be very well wrong come next week. But I'm going with Texas right now. Um, the next game I'm very excited about. I think there's possibilities of an upset in this game. Big major implications of one. Um, Tennessee, who's ranked 14, traveling to Georgia, who's playing, who's number three. Um, Jerry Garantano, I can't stop. And I'm sorry if I messed up your name, young man. But I can't stop being so impressed by Tennessee, but especially him. To me, he's right now the transformation player of the year if that was an award you know what i'm saying because right now he already looks better than he did last year he wasn't given much chance last year this year we really get to see him showcase his talent and i'm just i'm very uh proud to see that along with the rushing attack you see an offensive line is physical they're getting pushed and you see running backs that's running physical they're really tr- running trying to get to a touchdown they're really trying to score you know you don't see no tippity tad or trying to read through the line you actually see guys trying to hit it guess why this game is so different this week that people should definitely keep an eye out on do not think tennessee is going to lay down for georgia because at the end of the day yes tennessee's front four the front four defense alignment need help but those linebackers are stacked those DBs, they need to show up, but they're experienced. They have enough experience. They've played before to the point where Stetson Bennett, this is his first year, he's the key to Georgia. But these, this defense is experienced enough to the point where they're ready for anything that they might be trying to throw at them because they already played this scheme last year. I mean, not not technically, you know, Todd Munkin, he's come in and he's changed. He's revamped this offense, but at the same time, Georgia, they're still very much run first. They're still very conservative. And I think Jeremy Pruitt, if he throws some different looks, he's a defensive coordinator. If he throws some different looks how he used to at Alabama, you can see a lot of stuff change. But the only reason why Georgia is my safe pick right now is because hands down, they are better on defense. Uh, Corner-wise, defensive line-wise, offensive line-wise, just it's easily Georgia. But um, the next game I got to say is Alabama versus Mississippi. Uh, The role that Mac Jones has played this season has been crucial. He has been uh, just lightening up as far as points goes. So, I mean, the only reason I'm really talking about this game is because Nick Saban is playing an assistant. And he's 20-0 against his assistants. And it looks like he's going to be 21. But don't think that Alabama is just going to roll 59-10. The thing is, what we've all known about Lane Kiffin is he knows how to put up points. And we see that Matt Carroll is fitting his system, at least right now, to the point where they know they can move the ball. Who knows what happens if they slow the game down? But right now, I definitely got Alabama winning. But if they slow the game down, they might not, you know, get beat as bad as I believe. Because if you try to play tit for tat with Alabama, you're a minimum losing by 18 points, 21 points. And that's just that. So Alabama is definitely my uh, easy pick for that one. And now the game of the week. The game of the week where everybody's been waiting on. Clemson versus Miami. This is a game where a lot of people uh, are looking at Miami. And they want to see which Miami team is going to show up. And a lot of us think the U is going to show up. That Miami squad. And some of us just think 
the new you is going to show up. And the thing is, we've already seen a different Miami through De'Ara King. The production of De'Ara King, the playmaking ability of De'Ara King is what hands down changes this game or makes this game for Miami. But also, if you can shut him down, if you stop him, Clemson rolls in this game. Now, I have a very soft pick. For Clemson in this game, it's it's very soft because this is going to be the first time Clemson plays against a real defense all year. Clemson has not played. They played Virginia, and they played these little walkthrough games. Now it's time to play some big dog football, which is what Miami's been doing. They've been playing the the pits. You know, they, they, they've been playing, uh, not, excuse me, not the pits, but Miami's actually been competitive. Let me just say it to you like that. They've played Louisville. They've played FSU. FSU's not the best game, but we're still going to say, hey, they've played some football to the point where we know who their opponents are. My only thing is, it's experience at the end of the day versus the new guys on the block. And Miami, I hate to say it, you guys are the new guys on the block. And experience usually is what carries. So Clemson rolls. Uh, this next segment of the podcast, I'm just going to run through uh, four my quick four games. Every week you're going to have uh, a I would say about four to six games that I just run through real quick. Um, they're relevant, but not as relevant games. And I'll get into detail as why they're relevant and it's not as relevant. And the first one I'm going to start with is Notre Dame versus Florida State University. Uh, it's relevant, but not irrelevant because, you know, hey, clearly Notre Dame is going to win. They're more disciplined. They're more physical. But you still want to see just what kind of push they're going to give, um, what kind of are, are they going to be ready for Clemson down the line? Because that's their big game of the year. So, I mean, it's relevant because, hey, they're top five. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, TCU plays KSU. Both of them are coming off of upsets. Uh, Kansas State beat Oklahoma. They upset Oklahoma. Uh, TCU is coming off of a upset over Texas. So this was actually a hard game for me to pick. And I just said, hey, the more disciplined team, the team that probably – Played against a higher amount of talent would maybe be KSU. So KSU is my uh, my soft pick. Auburn versus Arkansas. I definitely have Auburn. Uh, Auburn is ranked 13th. They actually look really good. They just need that offensive line um, to come uh, come into one. Uh, you see people like Seth Williams making big plays. Tank Bigsby. Uh, these guys are are dogs, man. You know what I'm saying? They're just so young. They just need help. They need to be put in the right opportunity to make plays. And we're gonna see the best of Auburn. If this is happening, because we know the defense is going to do their part. They played slow, but at the end of the day, they did what they could against Georgia. If we really watched the film close, it was more competitive than what we think. But Georgia is just that good. And I hope people can see that um, down the line. You might not see it as much this week when they play Tennessee, but we will see how good they really are, especially next week when they play Alabama. That's got to be the game of the week. Um, UNC versus Virginia Tech. I got UNC because I trust Sam Howell. I trust the defense. I coach uh, coach uh, Mac Brown. Uh, you have no other choice but to coach him. He's one of the most experienced coaches in college football. So UNC is definitely my pick. Um, the next segment, you guys, every week, I'm going to give you guys a lineup of player of the week choices who I feel like will be the player of the week. Uh, This week, I would say offensive is Kyle Trask of University of Florida, simply because he's playing Texas A&M, a a more competitive team, and he's more liable to put up better numbers. 
so that's my point of uh picking Kyle Trask and I couldn't find one individual who I could really project to be the top defensive player so I just gave it to one whole defense and that's University of Georgia they have more of a test because they're going against one of the best offense lines I've seen in the country and that's at Tennessee this week uh Tennessee looks very much like Oklahoma uh, excuse me the old Alabama so to see them moving and physical like that uh if Georgia has any win and they keep it low and they keep the the numbers, the rushing numbers and the passing numbers down, you got to give it to Georgia. And they're built for it. They have the DBs. They got the defensive line. They got the linebackers. Top to bottom, they're built to stop anything going, coming their way. But if you're on the field all day, I don't know how that works. And that's what we're going to see this weekend, especially if Tennessee plays smart and slows the game down, just like Lane Kiffin needs to do. And the very final segment, you guys, just like any other college football show, we're going to inform you guys on our top tens, and we're just going to give you the reason why and who drops, who rises. And right now, top two, I'm leaving it the same. Clemson, number one, easily. That's simple because they're going to be coming off of a win against a, a higher-ranked Miami. Uh, guys say the same. Um Alabama, their win isn't a quality win, but they're still Alabama. They're still one of the best uh, teams in the country, top to bottom. Talent-wise, you see it. So Alabama stays at number two. I think this is where the shakeup happens. Uh, Florida actually drops to four, and University of Florida jumps one just simply because they're going to have a better win, University of Florida will. Georgia's going to have a quality win, but it's going to be so competitive, you're not going to really know how good Georgia really is in their win. So that's why I say, at least just for this week, they will drop rankings. Uh, Notre Dame, they're going to win, so we'll leave them at five. Uh, Ohio State, they don't play until the end of this month. UNC, they're going to have a quality win, so I think that they jump to seven. I think Oklahoma State jumps a couple spots to eight just because they'll have a win. Penn State, we're just going to give them a respectful ranking at nine, being that they don't play. And last but not least, I think Miami only drops two spots because of such a quality loss. And it's going to be one of the first times you see a team um, really having a better ranking than that they ever could have or just dropping only two spots because of a good loss. And I think Miami is something to watch out for just because they lose this weekend do not mean they're going to lose the second time to Clemson. Hey, you guys, thank you for tuning in to my show. Please come tune back in on Monday. We will be back. And I just thank you. Have a blessed one in Jesus' name.